Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast. If you have been learning a few things from this podcast, make sure you hit the like button as well as follow which keeps us motivated to bring to you the latest from the Indian stock market, from the cryptocurrency world. But today we have got an international view of the stock markets and we are joined in by Mr. Clement Chang and he'll be addressing something which we haven't been doing in the last one year. He is an expert in trading psychology and has been doing the research since the last 25 years. So let's welcome Dr. Chang. Welcome Mr. Chang. Hello Anike, thank you for having me. Hello everyone. Yeah, so let's let's take the bull by its horns and uh, talking about trading psychologies, which, which one thing do you think uh, is the most important thing right now because we have been seeing these stock markets in the bullish runs in the last 15 months and there is a, some kind of a complacency which is coming in in the traders mind especially the beginners and I would uh, like you to address one or a couple of points which are right there up in the list which you'd like to tell my viewers so that they are uh, ready for it and don't make mistakes in the coming four to five months or maybe the coming year which is expected to be some sort of a bubble is it a bubble first of all and then you can have your trading psychology yes Anika, that's a great question you know uh, this goes back all the way to the year 2000 when i first started uh, investing in the stock market in fact, I started off uh, my first five years just do pure options trading at the Chicago Board Option Exchange. So what I've witnessed over the last 20 years is a complete cycle. For example, the very next year after I started investing, that was 9-11-2001. Okay. <laughs> Paris came and uh, kind of bombed US and the market crashed. And two years following that, that was in 2003, when the US led the invasion into Iraq. Uh, for reasons what they call weapons of mass destruction, but they can't find any news at all. So, you know, history really tells us a lot of interesting stories. And fast forward that to 2008 mortgage crisis, we call it the financial crisis, the market crash. And, you know, that was a really, really steep learning curve. And thereafter, last year, we experienced the pandemic crash. Wow. Exactly. What a great roller coaster ride has it has been to severely test our fear and greed. So, in regards to your question, what I found over the last 20 years is a golden golden rule. And this, this is something not taught on the in the textbooks or not found anywhere. And that is we came up with this kind of a golden commandment. Number one, thou shall not buy more than 5% of your portfolio into any single trade. 5% of your capital, this is a golden commandment. So if you take 100% divided by 5%, at any one point in time, you can deploy maximum of 20 different trades. Exactly. This is golden rule number one. But there is a subset to this rule, and that is we should not sell at a loss. Now, this is going to be hard to digest for most traders out there who are trained to put stop losses and uh, and they kind of are trying to stop out the moment the price dips. That's not our belief because what we found out is that, uh, take for example, the great company today that is Amazon. In the year 2000, everybody suffered from a dot-com crash, right? Yeah. And then we detailed back at the peak of 2000, the stock price of Amazon 
how long it took for them to hit break-even price. And guess what? Any kid, it's just 10 years. Exactly. If you don't realize a loss, 10 years later, you break even and today is soaring at an all-time high. You're sitting on really, really nice profit. Exactly. So this, this point of time, I mean, for a beginner, should he perceive this bull run as a learning curve rather than uh, a time when he can create the wealth of his entire life? I mean, you, you talked about uh, investing just 5% of your portfolio in one stock. And giving, like if you've got uh, 100% with you, you have 20 attempts uh, at the market, 20 goes at the market, right? And those 20 attempts can be seen as 20 learning curves uh, from which every trader can learn. And uh, as, the, as, as a wise man once said in the stock market that if you are there to learn, then only you can earn. But if you're there only to earn, then you will only learn. So do you think this particular bull cycle of 2021 can be perceived by beginners as a learning curve rather than an occasion wherein you can just enjoy and uh, try to make the wealth of your uh, entire life, maybe? So if if you want to tackle the idea of learning journey, and this is uh, my two cents worth, because if in the dot-com era, it took 10 years to break even for Amazon stock price. Exactly. Then if we fast forward to somewhere nearer to us, 2008 financial crisis, that period of a break even has shortened by half to five years. Five years, that's what it takes to break even on the Dow Jones index. And then if we fast forward to just last year when we had a pandemic crash, you know how long it takes to break even? It took us just 10 months Exactly. So from 10 years, we reduced to five years. And then from five years, we reduced to 10 months. That learning curve, in a sense, Wall Street has become smarter. The US government has become smarter. 2008, it started off with quantitative easing, flushed the market with cash, and Obama had a solid eight years tenure starting from 2009. And we're just riding on Obama's leadership. We make easy money. You see the Dow Jones is on a 45-degree uh, stock flight. Right now, we have Joe Biden, the number two man under Obama administration, following exactly the same playbook, but guess what? He's pushing and flooding the market with 10 times more money. Obama flooded with $800 billion. Joe Biden flooding right now with $8 trillion. Combined with Donald Trump uh, signing off two trillion worth of uh, stimulus, so there's eight trillion right now in the market. Yeah. Uh, it's not a time really to learn anymore. It's time to make money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have a very small window, and uh, what I can say is that 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 learning curve. As long as you follow follow some golden commandments like don't invest more than five percent, and because of the way that we handle data. We have the best data right now on insider trading in the US market from the billionaires, millionaires, all the way to sovereign wealth funds. And we add a layer of AI on top of it. We get to see where the hot money is really focusing on. Now, this is really, really important. That's the reason why there's no need for us to place a stop loss because these companies are backed by very, very strong positive inflows of funds. And you just need it to give it a sufficient time for it to play out its strategy. So answering your question, Aniket, you know, this is really truly the journey where, you know, roll up your sleeves, get yourself into the market and start trading. Yeah. 
So how do you perceive the recent Fed decision to prepone the uh, rate hikes and the repercussions which it had on the international markets? Like we in India also faced a couple of bearish days in the markets. And uh, uh, I mean, the, the committee, the 18 member committee of the Fed headed by Jerome Powell, there was no unanimity there as well. So a few of the members wanted the rate hike in 2022 itself. So how, how is it going there in the US markets and how do you perceive those decisions? So first of all, let's address three uh, very, very important points. First is the decision by the Fed Chair Jerome Powell. And he has been floating around a very, very dangerous word, and that is called transitory. Exactly. And kind of uh, send the whole market into a spiral. What do you mean by transitory when we are hitting two consecutive months of the CPI increase and the latest CPI percentage hits 5%? Now, this is a very dangerous level over the last 20 years. The moment it touched 5% is a major red flag. And if it goes above 5%, it means to the ordinary man, for the same $100 that you have today, you're going to buy lesser amount of goods and services. Yeah, I mean, uh, even if we don't go with the CPI uh, index and all of that, if you, even if you step out of the home and you go and shop or you utilize services, you are getting that, you're feeling that heat of inflation going around. So it is really bouncing up. And uh, here in India as well, it's the core inflation has shot up to 6.5%. And that is the highest after 2014. So yes, uh, inflation is the biggest concern right now. Now, that is a combination of two factors. And first is you feel that things are getting higher when you go out there to shop. Now, that's because of a severe pent-up demand. We've been locked down officially more than one year already. And for all the savings that you accumulated from traveling overseas, from shopping at the duty-free shops to going to airport and the cruises, <laughs> that's a lot of money in everyone's pocket, yeah. at, at, as it seems. That's why there's a pent-up demand to buy goods and services. And of course, the retailers will take advantage of that to raise prices. Everybody wants to make more money. So coming back to Jerome Powell's decision, uh, there are two keywords that we need to understand. First, the idea of hawkish behavior is really coming on stream. And that's the reason why they're going to raise interest rates, uh, pull it much earlier in the year 2023. Right. So the Dow Jones took a hit on that, no problem, right? And then the second keyword is tapering. Tapering means they're going to cut back on uh, buying out the assets in the market back in the days of QE, back in the days of current days of stimulus. That means to say uh, these two keywords, tapering and hawkish behavior, kind of send a dampening effect on the Dow Jones. And you can see uh, the market took a hit, but yesterday Dow Jones rebounded. Yeah. So we have absorbed the, the, all the bad news. And right now is the time for the market to rebound. And we are seeing a really nice window of opportunity for the next 12 months. Now, we are counting down. If we go trace back to 2009, when Obama brought in a QE in the very first uh, 100 days of his office, mm -hmm. straight off in the first year is the golden year. The golden, golden year where the market just fly off 45 degrees off the charts. Right now, we are officially in that first golden year of Joe Biden. Right. And that's the reason why, you know, all this short-term adjustment, short-term volatility, I would suggest to the audience that, you know, do, do not be taken off. In fact, all the more you must plow into the market and there's so many great opportunities every day.
So yes, if this is the biggest uh, bull cycle of this century, and you mean to say there is a lot more steam left to it even now. And uh, eight months or one year uh, earlier, we we have been discussing on my YouTube channel and podcast as well that the end of 2021. Uh, I mean, uh, you you should be a bit cautious by the starting of 2022. But you just mentioned one more year to go, and we can still be a part of this melt up phase. So. Uh, uh, what stance do you have like exactly should we should we assume that one year again is uh, there to go for this melt up phase to exhaust i think it's going to be more than uh, four years honestly okay. we look at the playbook of obama back then it's only 800 billion yeah. and 2009 to all the way you add uh, eight years 2016 the full eight years the market was on a 45 degree flight chart that's only 800 billion. Mm -hmm. Right now we are getting 10 times of that, 8 trillion, add one more zero at the end. And for 8 trillion, you see what is happening at this moment, the only Achilles heel is the COVID-19. COVID-19 is the dampener that is, has raised a severe question mark in the thinking of the Fed, Fed chairman. And he, he brought this up as well. Uh, there's something that we have to just continue to vaccinate the population, clamp down on the virus, opening up the economy, make sure the flights start to, to take off and the cruises start to sail. That's what he can do to inject life back into the economy. But that being said, because coming to the next election, that will be 2024, uh, our assumption that if for all the good things that he had done, probably he will win a second term, just like Obama winning a second term. But by then, he has a much, much bigger threat than the domestic economy itself. He's facing a real giant out of China. So that is the real threat that uh, we look at into the marketplace. And, you know, China is coming on, on stream really, really strong. And by next year, 2022, they will kind of officially uh, launch the digital Chinese yuan. That is the digital currency. And this has a severe threat to the US dollar. So, you know, all said and done, that's the reason why Joe Biden is asking for the largest budget ever in the history of, mm. of Wall Street, ever in the history of U.S. government to fend off this rising threat from China. Right. So uh, the rise of cryptocurrencies as well, I, I mean, it is still at a very minuscule level, but that also is posing a threat to uh, the US dollars to some extent, uh, not not to a greater extent right now. But uh, I mean, how do you perceive that as well? Because that will create a pressure on the US dollars again. And that's a great question, because what we want to take hit on is what are the real giants doing on Wall Street? So clearly, we have the first giant, Paul Tudor Jones, a renowned investor, founder of Robin Hood Foundation. Mm -hmm. And last year, when, during the interview, we were trading on the same time. We were trading on the first day of the Bitcoin halving, 12th of May, 2020. Yeah. And back then, he allocated about 2% of his portfolio into Bitcoin. And this year, he came back to the same interview at CNBC Guess what? He has increased his uh, allocation of his asset under management to 5% to Bitcoin. <laughs> and, and he shared openly that, you know, if the Fed is not going to do anything right now, still on a kind of laissez-faire 
having a transitory transitory mood, then he will go all out on what we call the inflationary trades, and that is uh, having much more aggressive stand allocation mm-hmm. into Bitcoin, into commodities, into cash, into gold. And the other only 80% is a question mark on what are the trades to play for inflation. Yes, yes, exactly. So uh, to cut it short and have a very cut and dried formula for the coming one year, uh, like w- there are people who are still waiting for a deep correction and not willing to buy higher highs. They are waiting for the uh, for the lows, I mean the corrections to enter. What cut and dried formula should we present them like is it a good ploy to buy the higher highs even now until what point do you think that you can keep on buying higher highs so to this group of uh maybe i don't even call them investors to this group of people who are thinking about investing or trading first thing they should do is to is they should walk straight into their neighborhood banks where they kept their money and yes. ask the bank officer, Mr. Officer, Mr. Bank Officer, may I know what is the interest rate you're paying for the amount of money I kept with your bank? Exactly. And I can tell you the answer from the number one bank in the world, that's DBS Bank of Singapore. They are paying only 0.36% per year. year. Yes. And then they so should also get... for inflation... Exactly. And they should also get hold of the calculator and calculate their entire life's uh, uh, savings which they made and how much the bank has earned out of their own savings. <laughs> so this will this will maybe uh, pop some idea into their minds. So no, uh, if, if the bank wants to make money from the savings that we put with them, you no know, credit goes to them. But the real thing is that the money that you kept in the bank is declining and depreciating because you're going to buy lesser goods and services. That's the reason why it's not about higher high or lower lows. It's about you have to make sure your money is working hard for you. That is the crux exactly. question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is one of the uh, major trading trade traits of an of an um, of a good trader that he is ready to buy higher highs and he's also ready to sell at lower lows. Well, so uh, which uh, which one particular uh, aspect of trading psychology like stands out for you? So trading psychology, there are two parts. So we are dealing with fear and we are dealing with greed. So let's tackle out the fearful part. The fearful part, in order for her to have a long runway to be sustainable, like I mean, investing for 20 years, is that you must have a golden commandment. And we stick to this. We do not break this rule. We don't allocate more than 5% of our capital into any single trade. That is golden, golden rule. And... Right now, because we are backed by AI data, then we say that we do not put a stop loss. We are waiting, willing to wait out. So we have positions like three years took me to break even, four years to break even. We are very, very patient in that sense and being forced into what we call long-term investing. Mm-hmm. So when once you have this mindset, you take away the fear component. Now, the next step is to handle the greed component. The greed aspect of our human nature is this. Now, if I know that a bank is paying me 0.36% per year, then jolly well, if I can do between 5 to 100% return in one day, I've beaten all the banks in the world. <laughs> so we like to get into the position whereby if I can 
kind of a straight away look into my account and I have a portfolio, uh, have a positions that are in green, 5% or more, I'll take the profits. And then I wait for the next trigger event. So this has been the way that we have been investing and we found this way to be the fastest way for you to accumulate your portfolio, especially when your starting capital is small. Now, most people got the whole idea twisted or, 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 or indoctrinated with the wrong thinking. And that is this. If your capital is small today, truly, you can't afford to do it long term. And that's very dangerous because long-term investing is for those who already reached the top of the pyramid. I'm talking about millionaires who already been there, done that, have $1 million cash sitting in their account. They can afford to wait, but not for the ordinary man. The ordinary man, you have bills to pay. And there'll be times of emergencies like a COVID-19, your loved one fell sick, go to the hospital, you've got medical bills to pay. You've got expenses to pay out every month. And those are the kind of pressures that the ordinary man is facing each and every single day. They can't afford to do long-term. They got to have, have the motivation and momentum to drive such that they are getting short-term profits, short-term profit and just keep plowing through. And the journey is exactly what you say, Annika. The whole journey is learning to acquire wisdom. That's the whole journey of investing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the power of compounding to some extent can fade away into insignificance if you take into account the power of momentum and in this particular bull run the power of the US Fed flooding in liquidity into the system. So uh, people uh, like uh, even if you don't want to do it the Warren Buffett way you can attempt the Elon Musk way of doing things and uh, making use of the power of momentum especially when we have times like these wherein the liquidity flow is super powering every other uh, um, uh, market factor right now and i think each and every in, uh, investor or trader should take part in this and uh, experience this uh, great bull run that is going around which is also called as one of the biggest bull runs of the century yes absolutely right but there's two components that are that must be inherently strong the first component is we must have very, very superior data. So, you know, this is where my fintech work on it day and night. Our engineers are working really hard on it. We are getting the best data right now of every insider trading activity. And I'm talking about 100% legal insider trading activity that's happening in the US market. At any point in time, we know what BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, what the sovereign wealth funds like Tamase, Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, and what the billionaires like Warren Buffett, George Soros, Nick Schumer, James Siemens, whatever they are buying and selling. Data is superior. You need to have very, very good data. Number two, you need to have very, very good education. So some people have the data, but they have no education on what is a methodology, what is a strategy to execute on. They still collapse in the market. So we found that a combination of the two, that's the reason why our company built into FinTech and EduTech, making sure you're equipped with data and really the latest know-how, how to execute on the data to make profitable trades in the market. So this was really uh, enlightening uh, listening from you, Dr. Chang, and I hope our listeners are enjoying it too. 
Guys, if you're enjoying it and if we want Mr. Chang to uh, frequently visit our YouTube channel as well as our podcast, make sure that you hit the like button as well as if you've got some questions in the description, I'll be mentioning the links in which you can contact Dr. Chang and a few of his social media handles as well. So get in touch with him, do comment and also subscribe and follow this podcast and the YouTube channel. Thank you, Mr. Chang. And it was really a pleasure speaking to you and... Uh, knowing so much about the stock markets the the way you perceive them it, it is really uh, I, I mean it was really encouraging to see that uh, you are still banking on the power of momentum in the stock markets and uh, the joe biden story that you told and the way you compared it with the 2008 scenario when uh, obama was the president it really tells us that we are really evolving the markets are really evolving and the reflections of the same are seen here in asia and india as well yeah, thank you so much, Anika, for having me. And I hope your listeners will have a refreshed perspective of how to look at the market. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be joining uh, soon once again, for sure.